Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Katie Bunshu, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Katie is Vice President of Sales and Communication of Bunshu Company and also the proprietor of Abbott's Passage. Katie, thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Thanks, Michelle, for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, I am just so excited to be here, have some time to just get to know you better. I know. It's been a while since I've seen you. I think last time we had lunch at Fremont Diner. I know, and there is no Fremont Diner anymore. I know, that's right. Boxcar chicken now, but that was the last time we sat down. I know. So we've got some catching up to do. (laughs) We do, indeed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's let's catch up. Mm -hmm. So tell me, what was one of your first jobs, your first career jobs? Paid or unpaid? Paid. A paid job. Like professional jobs. Well, I mean, of course, I started back working in the winery from the time that I could walk. And that's why I had to ask you if it was paid versus unpaid. And as my family owns Gunlock Bunchu, and we're the oldest family-owned winery in Sonoma, actually in California, we were established in 1858. So wine has always been in my blood, and the property that we're actually sitting on today has always been in my blood. And of course, I worked all facets of um, the wine business, for whether it was working in the vineyards growing up, or in the tasting room, or in the office filing. So a lot of my memories were doing that. But actually, a job that I went out and had to apply for on my own in college, I worked at Ann Ann Taylor Loft um, and kind of probably ended up spending more money there than actually making money. But um, that was my first real paying job. What did that job teach you? Uh, That it basically taught me a solid work-life balance will work life college balance and some responsibility and first kind of um, an understanding into corporate life as well and you know we would go into the store and do set changes and inventory management and counting change and things like that and so that was sort of my first introduction of understanding the larger scale of how a business really really operates of that size of that size definitely of that size but I I did that for fun and then but my real first job was in advertising right out of college and I hated it so I knew I need to get out I had to get out of it as soon as possible and then ended up actually going back to grad school and I got my master's degree in sports business and communication from the University of San Francisco and worked in college athletics for eight years before I came back and started working it for my family in our business. What did you enjoy most about working in college sports? Um, the people that I got to meet and just there's and the, the, the basically all the people that I got to meet that was the best part I love the camaraderie of college athletics and um, and how much fun people have and how much passion they have for their teams but it was really people from all walks of earth 
and life. And that was what I really enjoyed the most. Fast forward. Mm -hmm. We're here at your family's winery and you have your own, I want to call it a passion project of sorts, but it's your own brand that you're growing. So let's talk about that. uh, Yes, I do. So of course, I joke that Gunlock Bunch U and my vice president of sales and communications is really my day job and what really pays the bills right now and supports my ability to work on Abbott's Passage. But Abbott's Passage was really born out of a lot of my childhood memories growing up when I would go on different vineyard sites with my dad and we would travel all around to Sonoma and beyond and I would just sit in the truck with him and we would go to different vineyard sites and all throughout the all of the seasons and I have really fond memories of doing with that and so it is essentially that those memories were allowed me to pursue this direction of finding different vineyard sites and sourcing different vineyard sites from around Sonoma and beyond and for all the listeners, Michelle and I are laughing because my big black lab Bacchus is right near us and he's snoring. So I apologize <laughs> to anyone who can hear something in the background because he is a large snore, but he's he's a love and he's sitting here and wants to be part of the podcast. Yes, he's precious for <laughs> but, sure. But um, but nonetheless, that those memories really made me think like it would be really fun to be able to source wine from multiple different vineyard sites, take advantage of our winemaking team that we have here on site and my knowledge of vineyards, my passion for wine, my specific style of wine that I like to make that while I love Gunlock Bunchu style and I will drink that every day, Abbott's Passage, the vineyard sites and the style of wine is different than what Gunlock Bunchu makes. That's more reflective of your preferences. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's more reflective of I I drink a lot of different wines on a day-to-day. Yeah, day-to-day I drink a lot of wines. But um, And so I wanted to be able to drink wines that are very classic, which is Gunlock Bunchu, and then drink some wines that are non-traditional, which is Abbott's Passage. And when I say non-traditional, they are multiple different blends. So they are either field blends or... Um, so aka made out in the fields or they're just unique blend combinations so um, for example one of the wines that I did is a co-ferment of Chenin Blanc and Verdejo which is a white wine and another wine that I've done is a co-ferment of Syrah and Viognier there is a co-ferment of uh, Malbec and Petit Verdot so all blends is what I'm getting at What's the case production of Abbott's Passage? Everything, my total production right now is under 500 cases. Wow. So really small, definitely starting out on a small scale. and But it's been really fun. I mean, Gunlock Bunchu, we're all about our site because we have a 160-year history here. And all of the wines are very reflective of this site. And so it's been fun for myself and exciting to... Um, work with, like I said, our winemaking team to be able to go out and find alternative vineyard sites that you know, that we don't traditionally, haven't traditionally worked with before and varietals. So if somebody wants to taste Abbott's Passage, what's mm-hmm. the best way to go about doing that? So the best way to go about doing that is actually this storefront that I have down in downtown Sonoma and it's called Abbott's Passage Supply Company. And 
it's it's an interesting kind of cross mark in wine tastings, especially on the plaza, because it is a non-traditional style tasting room. So I know I often hear a lot of people go, what exactly is Avid's Passage Supply Company? But um, my when I found this spot and when I recognized I wanted to open up a tasting room, I wanted to open up something that was not a traditional approach to a formal tasting room I wanted it to be something that was very different and so that's where the supply company was born in a sense that you can taste the wines there it's also a mercantile so there's lots of wearable goods and um, items that we sell and unique merchandise that we sell out of that room and then about quarterly we hold makers events so we bring in makers from around Sonoma and people can take classes there and learn how to um, make a candle or learn how to make kombucha which is one that we recently just did and that one was really fun I personally it was one of my favorites and or we have a guest speaker we had Obi Kaufman come in and talk about water and he's like just released this book about um, the water system in California so it's it's this whole combination and a dynamic experience that sort of brings the brand to life in a way that other and otherwise traditional tasting room probably wouldn't be able to do so during the course of your career has there been someone that has been a mentor or has Mm -hmm. been a great source to help guide you along the way definitely Um, the first person that sticks out is a woman named Tracy Geldert and she worked at Gap for a period of time and then eventually was the CEO of Francis Ford Coppola. And that's when I was introduced to her, was her, in her time period there. She's now actually the CEO of a group called, or a company called the 10 Group. And so she has been kind of my lifesaver in a lot of ways because I was a little bit blind coming back and working in the family business and the dynamics of it all. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that she knows my brother very well. And my brother and I work closely together. He's my business partner in everything. And um, obviously, that bring, being a business partner and family member brings lots of different dynamics. And Tracy, knowing my brother's personality, they, were, they sat together in a CEO group when they were when she was the CEO of uh, Francis Ford Coppola and he obviously is the CEO and current CEO of Bunchu Company. So she just was a great sounding board and she actually really, really believed in me in times where I was like, I don't think I can do this. I'm not sure I made the right decision. And she was the one that time and time again believed in me and seeing a woman who is as, as successful as she is and seeing her and hearing her say that, it just gives you so much confidence in yourself. Wonderful. Top moments of your career so far? (sighs) Top moments of my career so far. You know... Or a top moment in your career so far. You know, they... There's a couple moments, and one is actually speaks to the convergence of Abbott's Passage and Gunlock Bunshu together. And it was last year, Joe, your our winemaker, he who's the winemaker of record for Abbott's Passage, who helps me and I, we were processing the first vintage of our Syrah Viognier. And we co-fermented together in these big white bins and actually were foot stomping them. 
And we were doing that and at the same time raking all of the fruit when this big tour bus pulls up to Gunlock Bunchu because we make all of the wine for Abbott's Passage since it's so small here on the Gunlock Bunchu site. And this big tour bus showed up and this was like one o'clock in the afternoon during harvest and a band gets off and they walk over and they're like, what are you doing? This is this. They were super interested asking all these questions about what Joe and I were doing and it was the band that was um, playing at the winery that night. And we do a lot of concerts at Gunlock Bunchu, so it's not unique to have bands and a tour bus up here. But the fact that we're in the back processing fruit, stomping on it, raking the fruit, and um, this band, but this big tour bus pulls up. And it was a pretty cool moment. And Joe and I were like, probably only at Gunlock Bunchu would something like this actually happen. So that was a highlight. And then another highlight, and it goes back to Gunlock Bunchu, is a lot of times when I travel around the country, I hear about people who, you know, Gunlock Bunchu was the first winery they ever went to. It was the first wine they ever had that turned them on to wine. They got engaged at Gunlock Bunchu. And so constantly those stories are favorite moments of mine. What drives you? What keeps you going? Woo. What keeps me going so joke I mean all jokes aside <laughs> not wanting to be a generation that fails <laughs> and so we are my brothers and I are the sixth generation and you know what drives me is waking up every morning and loving what I'm doing and being fortunate to to do what I'm doing and being part of such a legacy family but at the same time what drives me is not wanting to be that generation that has to sell or is forced to sell for some reason so keeping going making sure we're staying on top of our game making sure that we're evolving making sure that we'll be here for the next generations to take over is really what drives me what's ahead for abbott's passage what what do you see in the near future for it that is a good question so i there's lots of good things happening at abbott's passage and i mean the future of it is we're still in this constant state of building brand awareness and getting people to understand the brand and the location and also um so that essentially that's kind of been our what we've been focusing on for the last few years and when i say we I, it goes without saying that I have a great team around me that helps with promote the brand, with helps with social media, and um, really works alongside with me and always is asking me questions, always wants my input, and I'm definitely always giving my input to them, <laughs> but they really help me with a lot of the aspects of it. But um, we're still going to continue to do workshops in 2020. I'm really excited about a lot of the new merchandise that we have coming in. Um, from a wine side, we're going to still stay small right now. I, I'm really happy with the size of the, the total production right now. But what's next is looking for a few accounts, specifically in California, that we can really grow that brand awareness and build it. Um, for example, I mean, it's local, but I'm grateful for them. Layla, that new, the new restaurant that opened up in Sonoma, which is part of MacArthur Place, currently pours our sight line by the glass. So continuing to find partnerships and um, working to build the brand that way. Okay. I'm curious to know what you're, how you're going to answer this. If you didn't work in the family business, 
And you didn't work in sports. What would your absolute dream job be? If it could be anything in the world. Anything in the world. What would it be? And I couldn't work in the family business or I couldn't work in athletics. Right. Is there another dream job that, you know, you wish? I probably would be, I probably would be a a full-time ski instructor in the winter and a fly fishing guide in the summer and in between working at a coffee shop or wine bar. Okay, that sounds pretty <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> I, I, that's definitely what I would love to do. Uh, my dad would be really proud of me by saying that I would want to be a fly fishing guide. But um, I would probably need to f- learn a little bit more about fly fishing to right. be able, before I could be a guide. But I would love that. And then I'm, I've always been a big skier. So that would be a lot of fun as well. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Game day tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Want to have the most fans at your game day get-together? Bring an amazing IPA to complement your favorite hot wings. Chips and guacamole are a must on game day. Pair with a crisp Prosecco for the win. Ordering a meat lover's pizza for halftime? Serve with a red wine like a Spanish Rioja for a fun pairing. Whether you're hosting game day or stocking up, Total Wine & More is what you need with our ridiculous selection at our always low prices. Cheers! Let's now talk about your personal life. You live in Sonoma. I do. Why Sonoma? Well, so first of all, you're going to have to pull a lot out of me because I'm a pretty private person when it comes to my personal life, only because I work with my family and I live in a small town. I live in the town that I grew up in. We have P.O. Box 1. So (laughs) therefore, there's some things that I like to keep hidden to myself, but um I, I'm joking in that, but I, I'm happy to share my personal life. But yes, I live in Sonoma. I'm born and raised here. I actually grew up on the ranch that we're on sitting at today. But I currently, when I moved back to Sonoma from Colorado, I wanted to live in downtown Sonoma and get that feel of what it was like to be able to have neighbors and walk around, walk to the plaza and, you know, just have that feeling. And so that's where I currently reside, reside now. Is it fulfilling living in the town of Sonoma? Yeah, you know, it has been fulfilling, but um, more and more, I, I'm like, hmm, I kind of like the country now as I've gotten a little bit older and over Sonoma, except for the fact that, I mean, I, we just went through a blackout here in Sonoma and my house was the only house that had power the entire time, whereas the winery, my parents' house, everyone else didn't. And even my boyfriend who lives in Napa, he didn't. And so I... I was like, wait a minute, maybe I still want to stay living in Sonoma if these power outages are now going to be reoccurring events because I, I like electricity. Absolutely. I'm dependent on it. Let's hope, so. though, it's not a reoccurring event for sure. Yes, exactly. But who knows? So if we take a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? I am very much um, a mixture between country and traditionalists. I mean, I'm not... I I sort of have an eye, but I don't consider myself an interior decorator anyway. I just kind of like to piece things together 
And, um, and thus far, I mean, while I, of course, would like to redo my entire living room and kitchen, all of my friends and people who come over, they love how it's decorated, but definitely more traditional slash country. Color scheme? color scheme is a lot of neutral tones um more so when i say neutral i mean like uh dark khaki or light brown uh, because anything that is white gets black dog hair all over it from my (laughs) black lab but so i try and keep things uh, colors that you don't show a lot of dust and dirt and hair (laughs) Do you have a lot of heirlooms from family members, or is it more newer furniture? Mm-hmm. So a mixture? I, it's a mixture, and I have for. It's funny how when you get older, your priorities change. But for my thirtieth birthday, my mom reupholstered a wingback chair that was my grandmother's, her mother's, and I that was my birthday present that I requested for it to get reupholstered. And so that's definitely one of those items that I keep when I will keep forever because it was hers and it's one of, it's the only piece of furniture I have from her. And, and then I have a couple other small pieces as well, like mostly vases and some um, pottery. But uh, unfortunately, as it, you know, most of what would have been mine was lost in my family than the fires in 2017 from my parents' house. So the the items that I do have that are even more special to me now because they're very few items, but they will be forever cherished. I hesitate to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. Mm-hmm. Other than your family's wine and mm-hmm. Abbott's Passage, what do you like to drink at home? Uh, I really like to drink... Champagne. Uh, I'm a big fan of Paul Roger. Um, pretty traditional, but always, always such a consistent, great champagne to have. And so I love drinking that. Um, my boyfriend is a winemaker in Napa, so we often drink wines that he makes from Cliff Lady Vineyards. And um, we also have tried to find some value burgundies i don't even know if that's a term anymore if you can any find any burgundies that are values but we that's kind of a mission that we try and do together okay Mm -hmm. so definitely a wine girl definitely a wine girl although i will say when i go out to restaurants i have gotten a little bit more into the craft cocktail scene but I just can't drink a lot anymore either. I, my tolerance has gone down. So it's normally, I, if it's a if it's a great spot and there's something on the cocktail menu that really calls out my name and, and screams to me, then maybe I'll get that. But for the most part, I don't make cocktails at home. I'm, I'm strictly a wine girl. Yes. Me too. Any hobbies? Do you collect anything? Hobbies would include... I'm a big, I'm a hiker. I like to be outside whenever possible. Uh, I like to go to the beach. I wish that I was a collector of something. I haven't found anything yet that I would love enough to be able to collect and work on that. But um, I'm just really enjoy being active. I like doing yoga. I like working out. Uh, I like an eclectic variety of anything that kind of enables me to be active. Um, but 
I'm in this transition period with that because I had major knee surgery in January. So I'm just getting back to figuring out what what I can do and what I can't do from an activity level. Okay. Anything that people might be surprised to learn about you that you can tell us about? <laughs> surprised to learn about me. Do you me. speak a language? Did you do something out of the ordinary in your childhood? Or you know do you what, rappel Michelle, down I'm, mountains? I'm pretty boring. <laughs> I'm pretty mainstream. And well, you're definitely not boring. I don't, have, I don't have that much. I wish I could say, like, I have a double-jointed thumb, which is something that I do have. So I'm undefeated in thumb wars okay. because of my double-jointed thumb. There there you go. So maybe that's something out of the ordinary. Out of the ordinary for sure. Maybe people wouldn't know about you. No. Yep. So I'm I guess next time if anyone ever walks up to me and challenges me to a thumb war, they're probably gonna know I'm gonna know that they listen to this podcast. Right, for sure. Okay, how about a bucket list item? One or two. Mm. What's on your bucket list? Definitely I'd love to go to Japan and that's I've never been to Asia. I've never been anywhere over there before. Either have I. So I think that would be fascinating. Yeah, I think it would be too. And I'm lucky enough to have a few good friends that have already forged that mm-hmm. path. So they already have things and places to go and places to eat and everything there of a list that they have. So I that's something that's on my bucket list. Uh, probably Switzerland too. It just skiing, skiing and it just looks so beautiful there. So, I mean, I've been to a lot of places in Europe, but I've never been to Switzerland. So that's on my bucket list. Uh, what else more locally? Is... Do you want to jump out of an airplane? Nope. Or... Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. No jumping out of an airplane. No bungee jump. No somewhere. bungee jumps. No. 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 I'm not like that. No. Maybe not when I was in my seeker. 20s, I would have done that. But now I'm not that no. way anymore. No. So travels on your bucket list. Definitely travels been on is on my bucket list for sure. If you had a dinner and you could select anyone to dine with, who would it be? Who would it be? Dead or alive? Dead or alive. Um you know what is funny is I just was thinking about this because someone asked me this the other day and I had a really good answer and now I can't remember what my answer <laughs> Well, was. maybe your answer is different today. That's true. You know what? I actually, it would, I'm going to go today someone close to home and that would be my grandpa Toll. So my dad's father. And why and would you want to have dinner with him? Because I never got to meet him. He unfortunately passed away very tragically a year before I was born. And he basically took over our family's property when he was 19 years old. He was the only child born to his parents. And his father passed away at a young age. And so my grandfather told, took over the property and basically ran it up until the 70s when my dad came back to work in the business and I don't my dad is not one that shares a lot of stories and is he's not an open book you have to pry any feelings out of him you have to pry you have to ask him he'll tell you things but you have to ask him and so I I feel like there would be a lot of things that I would learn about 
my dad and probably then about myself if I were to have dinner with my grandpa Toll. And just overall, everyone said he was just a, a really, really wonderful man. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap things up. Sounds good. Okay, so I like to wrap things up with five quick questions. Okay. They're random questions. They're fun. They're lighthearted. You ready? Ready. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? A Volvo XC60. What's the last piece of candy you ate? A Reese's pumpkin cup. Okay. (laughs) What is one of your favorite movies? I would say... I really enjoy A League of Their Own. Okay. What is your favorite song to dance to? Uh, Get Low by Little John and the East Side Boys. <laughs> All right. And who is one of your favorite actors or actresses? Actors would be... Oh, man. I really like John Hamm. I really enjoy him. From an actress perspective, probably Tony Collette. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you have it. See, it wasn't too hard. <laughs> no, it wasn't too hard. <laughs> so much fun to be with you today. Thanks for the conversation. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Really enjoyed it. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.